Houston, um, before we get started with the episode, Mike, did you have anything you wanted to say? No, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Okay, I'm happy to have you here too. Um, by the time this episode drops, um, my mom's birthday would have been the day before and my brother's birthday would be the day after. So happy birthday to my mother and my brother. Houston, let's get into the episode. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Dear John, the iconic legend Quincy Jones said, To know where you came from makes it easier for you to get where you're going. Sean Diddy Combs said, Everyone has challenges and lessons to learn. We wouldn't be who we are without them. If 2018 and the last six years taught you something, it's that anything is attainable with the right focus and determination. Continue to build. Continue to promote your vision. Continue to inspire creativity and make more creatives. In closing, Nas said, No idea is original. There's nothing new under the sun. It's never what you do, but how it's done. The first chapter of your vision's movements is done. However, you're still a visionary. Peace and blessings. John Rawls. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body, Biggie, Chicka, Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby, and I'm wildin' in my body. Houston, Texas, welcome back to episode number 24 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. My name is John Ross, Dr. First, and before we get started with the episode, I want to introduce our social media handles, Mike. So uh, we... Hold on. <laughs> So we don't uh, disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dykin, still underscore visionary. Connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my Facebook page, and visit my website at stillvisionary.com. Mike. Uh, you could follow me on all my platforms at say Michael. That's S-A-Y Michael on all platforms. Okay. Okay. Uh, make sure um, this is episode twenty-four, y'all. So make sure that you've streamed the previous twenty-four now episodes. Episode number twenty-three, I think, in my opinion, was my be- is was my best work. Um, the reason why I said it, I was real raw on that one. So um, I hope that uh, that uh, you have seen episode number twenty-three as well. Listen, um, this episode right here is long overdue, Mike. And, I say that? Well, I say that because of this. Um, when, you know, I've known you for a while now, right? Mm-hmm. A long time. Went to your probate mm-hmm. and, um, and BMT, Lamar. Um, but you've always been the type of person that when you talk, I don't really like to talk when you're talking. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm talking when you're talking, then I feel that I'm, I'm missing something. Mm. Right? And so... Um, Appreciate I, that. That's uh, that's okay. nice of you. To yeah, say. I was I was finna. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, give me my my accolade for giving you that that type of praise. But the reason why I say that is because, um, I remember talking to you outside of Panda Express mm-hmm. one night, and um, the conversation went. You were telling me, you know what? Um, 
you've been doing your thing for a while, and this is the same exact conversation I expressed on episode one of my podcast. Mm-hmm. And you said, you've been doing your thing for a while, but I don't know exactly what you do, mm-hmm. right? And then you went on to say, listen, if you're going to say something, you need to be explicit and exact about what you say. Mm-hmm. So I internalized that conversation and I said to myself, you know what, the next time that I say I'm doing something, I need to make sure that I give the full range of things that I'm doing so that that way there's no confusion, right? And so when I went up to Dallas, uh, Denton County and Dallas and did the uh, podcast with uh, Addie and Destiny, I said to myself, I would be remiss if I don't get Mike on this podcast, but I didn't have the time. Mm. So I hit you up and I'm just like, Mike, I need you on the podcast. And I would have come back up to Dallas. But luckily, you know, God is good. You came down here. So how you doing, man? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Listen, we got a lot to talk about, man. And um, and really, when I say we, I really mean you, because <laughs> <laughs> this is this is um, this is how I study. You know, this is how I feel that I get better and how I feel I get knowledge by listening to the various conversations that I've had on this podcast, man. So without further ado, uh, listen, before it's summertime, Houston, Texas, and uh, make sure that you holler at me. I'm your T-shirt guy. If you need any T-shirts pressed or printed, holler at me. I'm your guy, stillvisionary.com. Mike, how are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm the best I feel like I've ever been. Why do you say that? Uh, I feel healthy. My, like, okay, I feel like I'm fully an adult now because I don't have acne like that anymore. <laughs> you know? Like, I used to have acne. I used to break out, and then... I was worried about that until like two years ago. Mm-hmm. So my face cleared up. I'm feeling good. I'm in the weight room eating good. I, I, mean, I eat breakfast every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I work hard. Got mm-hmm. business like business is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, employees are great. Mm-hmm. Um, I got two boys. Got a wife. Yeah, shout out. I feel shout busy. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But like productive, not just busy, just to be busy. Yeah, because. The busier I am, the the, uh, the more I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. I feel like people who are really busy don't know what they're doing. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't be so busy. Yeah. So, I've been really? busy but more productive. Yeah, I think I think so. When people are really busy, like always, like crazy busy. Yeah. I feel like it's like a little bit disorganized. So 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 like a guy like Diddy, you feel like he doesn't know what he's doing. Is that that could be the reason why he, he could be doing better if he was like less busy. If he if I feel like when you're when you have all the when you delegated all the things correctly mm-hmm. and create all the processes mm-hmm. and everything like that makes things really clear to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even the the how people like ingest your information, mm-hmm. the easier you make it on everybody, mm-hmm. the less stress you'll be, or the easier will, the easier it'll be for you to manage your team. But I feel like like a Diddy, yeah, he's I don't know what how his personal life is, but I know that. He seems like he's always busy, more productive than just being busy. Mm-hmm. So for me, I wouldn't say his he has a problem with anything. I think it's more just people who are always oh, just so busy because, you know, you're never really ever finished. So you're always trying to catch up. You know what I mean? So what, what would you feel that the difference is between being busy and being productive? Busy is like busy, like with like insignificant details or things that aren't important to your goals. I feel like that is when you're like really busy. Like you're busy. You got to shop here. You got to go grab something over here. You got to go drop your dry clean off. Well, these are things you put into your life. So I feel like mm-hmm. when people are busy doing those little like tasks, there's ways to make it easier 
and be a little bit more productive. And I think anything that makes you better is productivity. So if it adds value to you, you know, every action I do now, I try to increase my value. Like in everything I say, I try to speak and say the right things. So I don't have to waste time and kind of say it again. Mm -hmm. Or um, I try to like uh, uh, precaution like new employees or people around me of, of new things, of new changes, just so I don't have to like reteach them later on. Mm -hmm. Give people actual real time. I mean, but there's, there's a laundry list of things that I've done this year that um, have helped me, you know, like be less busy for the sake of being busy mm -hmm. versus productive. Mm -hmm. See, you know, it, it's, it, I think that the, the real reason why I wanted you on the podcast and let me, let me start out by saying this, the podcast is made for a creative by a creative, right? Mm -hmm. Me being a creative, I wanted to create a platform where creators could come on and talk about what it is that they do, why they do what they do and how they fell into that lane of doing what they do. Right. But I couldn't ignore the fact of low key, mm -hmm. you know what? It's like Nori said to Nas mm -hmm. on, on, that, on that episode of Drink Champs. I'm going to big you up because you might low-key be a millionaire walking around here and don't nobody know it. Mm -hmm. So when I think of you, I think of you know the Amazon guy. I think of the, uh, the uh, owner of the Clippers. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. I think of the owner of the Clippers. Mm -hmm. I think of, you know, uh, 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 what's his name? The most popular guy. What's, what's the guy from Oklahoma? I can't think of his name right now. Who? Um, damn it. What's his name? Caucasian guy, glasses. Uh, oh, you're talking about Warren Buffett? Warren Buffett. I think mm, about- Arkansas. Arkansas. Mm -hmm. I think about all those guys, man. So so how do, how, do you, how do you go about, how did you acquire, to me, I want to ask you, how did you acquire that status? Um, and it's a status I'm going to give you. I, okay? and I appreciate not many, it. But not many people know that about you, and, it, and it, I think that's what really makes it stick out to me. I feel like a lot of people, everyone that I meet knows pretty much kind of- what I do, but not particularly, you know, like everything mm -hmm. because I have conversations with a lot of people. I meet a lot of people more in person all the time and have really like genuine conversations, but like it all started. I, I attribute everything to like strong mothers. Okay. Cause you know, my mom, you know, she's so strong. She's like one of my mentors because you know, um, she's been doing business way longer than I ever have, you know? So that's kind of how I got into, learning so much so early because she kind of got me into things early you know like like what like in seventh grade i i finally saved up my first 250 dollars. you know so it took me like years to save up 250 dollars. so i wanted to buy like jordan's outfits things like things like that and she's saying you know she had a store in a you know beauty supply she's like oh you know like instead of buying spend that money on jordan's um and clothes you could maybe buy a Coke machine. I said, Coke machine. She's mm -hmm. like, yeah, a Coke machine. I was like, now nah, I'd rather have like Jordans, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, cause yeah. I, you know, these, yeah, yeah, these yeah, Adidas yeah. aren't cutting it, you know? And then <laughs> she's like, no, just take a look. So she like showed, like we went in the green sheet, you know, just like this magazine with like different things people sell, like a Craigslist, but on paper, and we're, I mean, going through it and she see, we like, we see these like, um, uh, Coke machines, and then we see one that's like around the price, like two seventy five or something like that. So she's like, "Are you interested?" Interested? And I was like, "I mean, sure." Cause she's like, "Yeah, you can have, you know, drinks for all the customers when they come in, things like that." So we went out to this place, this person who was selling it, and then you know, like with my first two fifty, I purchased that Coke machine, mm -hmm. and um, we had it delivered. The whole process, everything, all the way 
you know, from when I purchased it to like getting it filled up with the right clothes, cleaning it up, doing all these different type of things like was my task. And she would like through time, she would tell me like, you know, if you buy Cokes from rather than Kroger, go to Tum Thumb, they're doing a sale, you could get better pricing. So now I'm going from making $75 a week doing like selling Cokes to like $100 a week. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm like learning margin. I'm like mm-hmm. learning these things seventh grade, mm-hmm. you know, that my mom's teaching me. And I didn't even know I'm learning something. I'm just basically doing what the next task was, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then like eventually she's like, like, do you think that people would maybe like, you know, like snacks with, you know, their food? I mean, with their with their drinks, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, that actually could be something. So then the money that I've been saving from, you know, like the Coke machine I, I end up buying these little candy machines, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So she's like, yeah. So I'm filling up the candy machines. Now it's kind of like a small little like business almost, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm managing this to so so much so that like um, sometimes I'll forget and I won't change out the quarters soon enough. It'll overflow. Mm-hmm. And then my mom's calling, you need to maintain this. You need to make sure that you're on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning like responsibility mm-hmm. for something that's other than like a video game or some, something other than myself. So I learned this really early. So that led, I mean, I was doing that all the way up until, you know, like till the end of college really. Mm-hmm. But boys had that Coke machine, the candy machines, um, a, you know, a cut hair, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I never, there's never a time that I ever had to be like self-reliant from that moment, mm. from that time. So I feel like that, that seventh grade experience when my mom introduced me into like business without me actually knowing it is what kind of like brought to my kind of acumen now of what I know and what I apply to like business now. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny that you said it because I too in high school, a little later off than uh, junior high was, I too in high school was selling candy and my mm-hmm. dad mm-hmm was an entrepreneur but mm-hmm. he never to me at least he never um promoted entrepreneurship it was always go to school get all the degrees you could so that that way you can equal up to whatever they're telling the, telling you that they're going to pay you you mm-hmm. can always say no you got to pay me more because i'm i have this degree in such and such right so my father never pushed it so he whereas your mom was telling you or advising you or teaching you without saying you should do this she was mm-hmm. just kind of guiding your thoughts my dad would always say you know what as a matter of fact the story was there's a family dollar right by where i grew up mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. they put a dollar general there and moved the family dollar down to fine meadow i would go in there and get the candies like you know the little bar size mm-hmm, candies mm-hmm. for like 25 cent and go well for like maybe let's say two dollars and then it's eight counting there so i would sell each one of them for whatever i felt that the profit i wanted to bring back was so me and my man were doing this right and so i got my man because my brother and sister were eating the candies up mm-hmm. at the crib i got mm-hmm. my man to hold the candies for me right well he ended up getting in trouble and his dad shipped him off to Nigeria. <laughs> he started eating the candies his dad <laughs> so my dad would always almost be like this is what got you, this is what got jj sent there because you're always focused on trying to make money mm-hmm. as opposed to getting that education, right? So I, I just find that interesting because when you when you told me that years ago, I remember at 20, 21, 11, you told me that years ago, and I was like, that's what I was trying to do. My dad had a Coke machine mm-hmm. at his other job, and mm-hmm. I was like, Dad, how much would it cost for this Coke machine? Mm-hmm. And this was after the conversation I had with you. And so I, I, I find that interesting. Go on. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. And, but I, I, I do feel that it doesn't matter if my parents or if anybody supported me in the things that I like, you know, chose to do, you know, because, you know, um, 
they didn't push entrepreneurism or like doing business like to me you know they or even to like my brother who does business too yeah for, you know, for uh, sure you know and i hollered at him Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, Kaz, I need you and, and Vic on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you're not top dog, mm-hmm. when you're not top dog, that text message goes unread. It goes mm-hmm. red, but that no response comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now when you on, I'm like, yo, yo, Kaz, your brother was on the podcast. I know for sure I yeah. got a view coming yeah. out from him and Marlene. Yeah. Shout out to my sister. What up? Yeah. Um, you know, so my brother does business. I do business. But the thing is, is that they never pushed it to us. It's just that. It's kind of like osmosis. We just learn by like mm. being around. Mm. So, you know, my mom did business. My dad was doing business. So it's just like seeing them do it. It's like you had no other like choice but to do kind of like what you know works. So mm-hmm. I, I saw what they did was working. Mm-hmm. And my mom was always, even her, her creativity as far as changing and doing different things like, you know, for her to like do better in business or to, you know, like, because she, you know, she, she does hair. Mm-hmm. She's been doing hair for more than 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she took that and said, okay, rather than just doing hair, I could include like a supply store. Maybe they could come over here and buy Fact. supplies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So then she's like for doing sure. that. And then she's like, okay, maybe we could have like, you know, like, um, you know, candies and kind of like things in the front or mm-hmm. to have different type of relaxers and not have to actually, you know, go, you know, go get the supplies from wholesale over here, yeah, yeah, go over yeah, there. Yeah. So I, I feel like, you know, for her, you know, like she had to be real creative with how, you know, she scaled her business to even give her the time to even show me anything that I even know. Do you, did she become the wholesaler? No, she didn't become the wholesaler. I'm saying that she, everything that she has supplies, like in this, as far as supplies, yeah, she purchased wholesale. And a lot of people don't know that you can't just walk into just regular retail and say, I just want to start a business like this. You have to go to, you know, like the warehouse where they sell everything to retail mm-hmm. in order for you to make profit. Yeah, that's why I'm saying that because. Where, I, for example, where I get my T-shirts and all mm-hmm. of that, and I didn't get my printing equipment from there, but I get you know the T-shirts at a wholesale value, right? But the thing about it is that I don't think that it's the, the it's the process of making T-shirts that makes it's them over there. Mm-hmm. They got all the dough because people come in there and spend nine hundred, a thousand, fifteen hundred mm-hmm. at a time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, is that where she, when you said she bought all the supplies, she didn't get that much, or she just got enough to push? Okay. Yeah, she. Yeah, I think she's looking more into maybe looking like maybe I could start a Sally's or something like exactly. that. Exactly. You know okay, that's what, I mean? what I was Versus, trying to ask. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So listen, dog. Okay. So you, you you bought the. How long did you keep the um, the candy machine? Candy the, machine. The vending yeah. machine. Uh, till. Do you still have it today? I still. I have a vending machine, like two vending machines, but not the, the original ones that okay. I had. The original ones I had, I had those until so, so from seventh grade all the way till. Maybe right towards like the middle of college. Okay. Yeah. So and I, all that money is going where? All that money is to savings. Where? I was I was okay. always stacking. Like so, I've always had. I, I felt like since then I've never ever been broke ever. Okay. And not to say been broke like. You know, no, 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 no. I know what you mean. Like a yeah. lot of college students are using refund checks. Yeah, yeah, or asking like you know their parents for money or oh, you know like oh, that yeah. type of thing. I've never been in the you know like. I guess I can't remember the last time I've ever even asked someone like you know for money like that. I, yeah. Not at all, really. Yeah. So, and, so and that's that what I say. That's that's did. boss type shit. That's mm-hmm. that's and I mean to cuss because I like my platform to be friendly for mm-hmm. kids that I teach mm-hmm. to watch it. But that's boss type stuff that I needed to hear. So keep going, go on. Go yeah, on. like but see, I took that money like after okay after you know right around the time I was about to graduate college, uh, which was oh seven. 
you know, I sold the Coke machines and all that. But then when I graduated, I graduated a little bit early. I was going to go towards law school and uh, that was going to be my direction. So that was what choice I made. But then, you know, um, that's what something kind of like Manifest Destiny came towards me and starting like a business kind of randomly, mm-hmm. not even as a purpose. It was mm-hmm. like during the, like that semester I was early that I was back, I put this, um, you know, I, I did flyers for my fraternity and put these flyers out for mobile car washing. Like we could come to your home, clean your vehicles. You, you, you're, you're a noob, right? No, <laughs> yeah, Alpha, Alpha Phi Alpha. No, yeah, BS. No, no. I'm BS. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 That's no, some no. BS. I, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. So, you know, um, so from that time, like when I, you know, was there a little bit early, put these flyers out to say that, you know, just, just something to do on the side that we could come to your home and uh, deliver you car wash services. And then, like, from the flyers I put out, I got like six, six calls. So I was like, that's kind of cool. So I'm taking the calls. And then, one one of those callers said, can you, instead of coming to our home, can you come to our office? And I was like, I didn't even know they did this at offices. And to find out there's like this hidden culture in car washing where people go to high rises, offices and things like that and provide services. But that first, this is literally like within a week of starting the business that, you know, they called me out to this contract to go to an office tower. And that in like a day or two days, we made like $1,100. So wait, okay. So mm-hmm. let, 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 let's check the 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 uh, time time mm-hmm. stamps. Okay. So in college, you sell the the, the Coke machine. Yes. Okay. You sell yeah. them, and then you and then go back again. What yeah, yeah. So then in college, you sell Coke machines, uh, and the candy, everything. So I didn't have any of that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you know, upon like right upon graduating, is when like I'm I'm kind of like at home bored, didn't have anything to do. So I'm like, let me. Let me figure out something I could do. So what I based, that's why I made the flyer to like say I could come over to people's homes and just clean their vehicle. Um, but that me turning, you know, creating that flyer, putting that out there, getting calls, then going out, you know, to an office tower is what led to me even looking into this as an entire business completely. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was just kind of like enlightened by opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, like that's that's pretty much was about 12 years ago. And, you know, I've been running that business since and I, I found so many new discoveries into it and have such like, I understand now that what what business is about now in a different way than I knew before. Before it was just kind of, you know, like rinse and repeat, same things. But this, um, as far as with our, my mobile car wash is that, you know, um, it's it's changed itself so many times from like we're at all these office towers to, you know, malls. Um, you know, going to homes, you know, uh, people's businesses and scaled in so many different ways. Now we have contracts with like Amazon. We do different things like that. And um, that over the last 12 years is that I know that you can't create history just by starting in a day. You know, like you have to give it time and patience to kind of look back to know where your like where our future is. Because mm. I can see more into our future now than I could have before. I thought, you know, I'm not sure if this even answers your question, but you know, like, uh, I thought in business that I was trying to bring it to a certain place and force the business to be that versus like listening to the customers and listening to employees and listening to myself and seeing where the business needs to go. So I was always trying to take it somewhere else than where it needed to actually go because I was focused on this, this like vision of what it needs to look like based on things that I probably didn't understand. Mm. So I feel like, 
you know, seventh grade led to like mid college, another, another awakening in business. And then, you know, again, it happened again, you know, about five years ago with the barber school, mm-hmm. you know, and it, these things keep happening. My mom, she's always wanted to do something a little bit different. She, you know, wanted to do a barber school and she was thinking about this for a few years. And then she came to me and said, Hey, this is what I really want to do. You know, like, would you be interested in like going into it with me? So then this is like my dream come true because why, 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 why? Because it's full circle, you know, like I, you know, it, it's so powerful as, as much as she's, she's given me, you know, because what she's given me, I've been able to give to like other people around me, my family, my children, things that I know for sure based on my experience. And I would have never had that had she not kind of like, like maybe give me that spark, you know, way back in seventh grade. So the opportunity to work with her on a business together mm. was like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, mm-hmm. like if you look up to like, you mentioned Diddy, you know, like imagine if Diddy wants to do a, like a, a deal with you. Mm-hmm. That's how I looked at my mom. I'm like, whoa, she wanna do a deal with me? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I'm like, this is gonna be all right. So, you know, I was more financial. So, you know, of all you the more, you were more financial than her. No, I was or more financial just, as far period. as invest a period. Okay. Like I could put the money needed to start it. So cause we didn't take any loans, anything for that. That's just cash that we put into uh the business. And, you know, so I just came into it just as a like a financial investor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really mainly because I was going to get an office. I didn't really have office before. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, um, so I was like, oh, I could kind of like office out of there and kind of do like my car washing business like there, kind of like low key or whatever. But, you know, basically when we when we got everything together, started that, you know, um, uh, we got our first student, you know, and okay. I was there in the office. So I was like, oh, man. Like, you know, Jesus. So I'm like, wow, she's our first student. So we're welcome welcoming there. And then we had um, you know, the you know, the instructor there. Everyone's new. So he's the only person being taught in the class. So, you know, um, I figured, you know, like, why just let him be the only person who's taught? I said, Let me take the time out to learn and make sure that everything is going right with the instructor, with this entire curriculum, with everything in here. And I enrolled myself and actually like took out you know um half the day or even sometimes more than half the day to actually just be a student so i'm literally like i had the time so i'm like let me actually be a student so i'm actually a student at the school michael's barber academy um in irving texas and good plug good plug good plug. <laughs> yeah and, and good plug. Uh, you good know plug. it was miss cheryl she was a, she was a first instructor there and the first student was there and i'm there too and i'm going to the to class, learning more than even what the first student was, because I was very interested. You know, some people do it more as just like a, an accessory. This was like a main primary thing for me, so mm. I was just like really focused and um, I graduated from there. You know, so you so you you graduated from barber school. Yes, okay. yeah, got, you got license. license. Yeah, everything. Okay. How much how much does that program run? Well, generally, right now it's like since we're not accredited fully. Mm. You know, um, we got approved for accreditation this year, um, so that's. You know, the Department of Education comes tomorrow and they're going to approve everything to give us our accreditation fully. But um, without accreditation, you're probably looking at about five thousand dollars for a fifteen hundred hour program for Class A Barber. Mm. Yeah. So there's like different curriculums when it comes to nails, you know, um, estheticians, um, you know, uh, there's different depending on what you want to do. You could be instructor. 
you know, um, some just crossover programs. So if you're, you know, um, if you're cosmetology and you want to actually get a barbering license as well, there's a crossover program uh, that we provide as well. But, mm. you know, um, so basically that was, that's how it worked. And then, so when, after I graduated, I understood everything within, you know, barbering. I, I got way more interested in it than I ever have in my entire life. And I mean, I cut hustling like in college, mm-hmm. a little bit in high school, but this is now the real thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so you could legitimately, you could give me an edge right now. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Oh, so damn. Yeah, you see, we, and, 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 and that's why I wanted to talk to you because I feel like, like I said, I feel like it's a lot of individuals going around like, that are that have gems to give but nowhere to say it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? See, you can you can give somebody a gem, right? And if it's not recorded, don't nobody else benefit from it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But when it's recorded, it lasts forever. Listen, take me back to the point where you uh you see, one thing I love about you, Mike, is you could tell a story. <laughs> you could tell a yeah. story, right? I think you know where I'm going yeah, with yeah. this. Take me back to the partnership you had. Um, when you were uh, washing cars in college, to my for the Water Boys, yeah, yeah. Like as soon as th- this actually taught me my biggest lesson, okay, one of my biggest lessons in okay. business. But you know, um, as soon as I started, uh, there's another gentleman that you know was interested in my business. Yeah, and, and listen, if I start laughing, man, I think this is one of the funniest stories I've ever heard in my life. It might not be funny. I mean, no, 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 no. Yeah. no. When you first told it in 2111. Right, twenty one eleven. Yeah, you 2011? first twenty one eleven. Twenty eleven. No, twenty one eleven. The apartment. Oh, complex. the apartment twenty one eleven. Not not oh. twenty eleven. Oh, okay. Twenty one eleven. Right. So when you first told it there, um, I didn't realize the the value in the story because mm-hmm. I was so caught up on the fact of of the comedy in it. Mm-hmm. Now now when you tell it back, I'll be able to listen to it and study from what you're saying. Go ahead. Because I so, believe that I've already experienced this, but we'll, we'll you know, we'll yeah, it that. might, it might be, you know, like, um, okay, when I first started, it, you know, um, the business is in '07, you know, this is, you know, so the business I'm talking about is the Waterboys Car Wash. We're located in Dallas, and you know, uh, so when I first started, it, I needed help because I was way busier. I told you we got a contract with this, um, with this office tower that you know we're now making like pretty serious money this is early in the game so i i was kind of caught off guard so i contacted a friend of mine this is before you graduated it's before i graduated okay, okay. yeah before you graduated after you were you know yeah, yeah. acclimated to college and all yeah, go, yeah, yeah. All right, no you're talking about what you talking about before i was acclimated to college before no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like you know you, you you go the first two years and you're taking all your basics right about lamar yeah yeah no this is this is um last semester at lamar Okay. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you're already okay. Yeah. All so right, so, yes. so when you say busy, it's 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 like this is in in conjunction to being able about to graduate. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it depends on what well, on how we do the timeline, but you know it's that summer of '07 that like actually st- uh, like first started. You crossing '06. Oh five. Oh five. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You crossing oh five. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Now I just got to make sure my timeline is right. Yeah. And so this is so this time I'm talking about right now is summer of oh seven. Summer of oh seven. Yeah. Summer of oh seven. Okay. And um, that's when like that's that's when the Water Boys actually started. That's when I was throwing out the flyers to and all that, and I needed some help, so I called upon one of my friends. And uh, you ain't got to drop no names. Yeah, which I'm not. Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. yeah um, 
But, you know, uh, so one of my friends reached out to him and said, hey, I need some help. You know, are you interested? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do this as uh, an employee. You know, me as the owner, you as an employee. He said, okay, cool. But I would like to at some point want to be like a partner and do all that. Now I was like, okay, well, uh, we'll see how this goes. Do you think that he was saying that based off of knowing who you are or or was he just trying to sound like he knew what he was nah, talking about? Nah, you know, I, I see, as I see it now, um, is that there's opportunity. Sometimes people come to you when they need help and you can see that as opportunity, to, you know, and what I would say, you know, say is like take advantage, you know, because a person, you know, when just new things that are happening and like, you know, they reach out to say, hey, I need, you know, some help. Just if depending on how much experience you have or what you could add value to, like you could take advantage of that person's ignorance or whatever it might mm -hmm. be. But at mm -hmm. this time, I knew nothing really when it came to like really like starting a actual real business, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm still completely brand new into this, which is why I was more adamant of saying, OK, I want to have full control, mm -hmm. you know. But what he was very adamant about was to be a 50-50 part partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, no, there's no way. Yeah. Even when it came down to like like shaking hands he'll say hey all right michael so today was a good day so everything so we're all good for the future and he'll try to shake my hand i'm like bro what are you <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to do like you know like <laughs> so this was happening See, this is the part now that i understand that you want that you didn't say back this is why yeah I say yeah so stuff like that where yeah, you're like ahead, ahead. you know and you'll speak in terms speak in terms of like so like we did this today right i'm like <laughs> yeah 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 we we did like what do you want me to, you know what i mean because i'm i'm like is he trying to like hold my words technically you know yes, what i mean yes yes and i'm like so because i know in the very day one when i you know like when we started he says because i'm paying him at the end of each day okay. at the end of each day but you're keeping a, a log of that yes everything okay. okay yeah and you know but at some point he's pressuring saying like when can we turn this into something bigger but then i'm over here thinking Oh man, like I just need help to kind of like get yeah. this working. Now it's becoming something even even bigger than probably what he could probably even imagine. Mm -hmm. So he, you know, he really wanted to get into like, you know, a partnership. But I never went, you know, went as far as to creating a partnership. Mm -hmm. uh, but really, really, honestly, like two months into him, like you know, us working together, he ended up like enrolling into the army, and he just like, why do you think he did that? He did it spontaneously. He said, I just, one day, just woke up, and I knew I needed to be in the Army. I was like, what? <laughs> so he enrolled. So I was like, so I'm, you know, you kind of feel a little bit confused because you're like, oh, I thought he wanted to, like, build something. But I'm like, I thought she wanted to, like, build something. So now I kind of feel a little bit plagued. I'm like, I thought this was, like, what your, like, your goal was. But instead, it was more like, no, this is like, he said, this is his heart calling and everything like that. But then he was talking about like, I still think we could figure out some type of partnership here because in, in you know, in, in the army, there's all type of worldwide people. We could find investors. No, I was like, nah, it doesn't make any sense. Like this just, <laughs> I why just you, opened why, the door. Why, why do you think that it didn't make, why do you think? I, we just, like, I just started. Like, imagine you just having a baby and then like, or like you starting something and you know, like the person that you're with just leaves. You know what I mean? Like. Within like a week, you're gonna think, oh, okay, like, like, this is a partnership type thing. This is not something where you know you drop on me, I do all the work, and then you leave, and then you 
you know, reap from everything I'm sowing, mm. you know? So it just didn't make any type of de- like, and especially like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of law, he talks about like proximity being important to relationships and business is about relationships. Him and I was about relationships. Him and my clients were about relationships. So proximity is the most important thing. I'm gonna have to be close. Mm-hmm. So if there's an emergency or something happens, I'm gonna have to be close. You know, so I mean, but even then, it wasn't even that serious. I even got a job after that, after, you know, starting the business, you know, like trying to do like two things at the same time and just trying to grind, grind, grind. And then new opportunities kept happening with my business. Like, you know, uh, in 08, then Galleria said they wanted to start with us. And then right after that was like Chase Tower. And then after that was like North Park Mall. Then after that was like, you know, City Place Tower, then Renaissance Tower, uh, Museum Tower, you know, um, Office, I mean, the Gallery of Business Towers, Williams Tower in Houston, you know, like, it just kept going, and I'm like, whoa, this is really a business, mm-hmm. you know, this is really, but now, now, like, that's why I said, like, so the partnership, you know, or whatever you call it within our relationship, you know, that was, it was short-lived, it was only about maybe two months, you know, but it did teach me that, you know, like not everything you give to somebody like people are ready for. And not even me myself knew what I was even giving, you know, like by even suggesting the help because, you know, people do feel entitled to everything. I, I get that to this day, you know, like and I and I respect it more now, which is why I make decisions a little bit different, because, you know, when someone helps you with something, you know, they feel like like they're owed. Mm. And because of that misunderstanding I, I had, I didn't think that I particularly owed anybody for anything, really, unless I like made those terms very clear. But, you know, I, I knew even when you make terms as clear as you can, people still will force their their understanding or belief on you because that's what they want. Mm. So when they want something that you got, they're going to try every method to get it. Mm. So that's why that first uh, the first few weeks you know, in business, I understood like even protected then. Mm. Cause I'm like, man, people, I didn't know people were going to be that thirsty to try to like take something that they don't even know even has value yet. Mm-hmm. But see, maybe he saw something bigger than I saw, but it became what, you know, what I see as very successful now based on like these new understandings. So, uh, what songs on your mind right now? Uh, uh, burner boy. Um, hmm. There's one song that he had, uh, they tell you um another story. That 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 one was like probably the one that, that stuck out to me. It's on his new album, uh, African Giant. Mm. And there's um a song called uh, uh it, the song is uh yeah, another story. And the way it started is is this kinda of answering your question? Of what? what song is on my mind go ahead you can yeah yeah the um the at the beginning they talked about like nigerian history Mm -hmm. and talked about how you know the the royal niger company and their effect on you know the what shape what the shape is and what is today nigeria and that nigeria wasn't didn't start as a country it started as a business deal Mm -hmm. and that business deal between who and who between nigeria Mm-hmm. And the natives, okay, um, and the Royal Niger Company, a trading company, okay, and the Royal Niger Company was a uh, the you know the guy named Goldie. He created all these posts, well, you know, right off the Niger Delta, 
create all these posts, about 30 posts, you know, um, in Nigeria. This is before Nigeria was ever formed. Mm-hmm. Britain been tr- has been trying to get into Nigeria and other parts of Africa for hundreds of years, but haven't been able to penetrate, you know, Africa. But then this guy, Goldie, comes in, you know, who who used to be in the naval force for, you know, Britain. He comes in as an independent contractor going into, like, this area in Africa where the river, you know, uh, Niger River and Delta River are to create, like, trading posts. And, you know, before all the Africans and Nigerians there were trading with, like, the French a little bit, a little bit German, Britain mostly. But he created these posts. So, therefore... Like um, uh, he could, in essence, have a route that is safe for passage for people to transport and export and all that. And at this time, this area was their biggest export was slaves. But now it was changing into palm oil, you know, so all that oil, all these villagers and everyone, all the traders were selling, making great money. But this guy comes in and says, rather than y'all sell it at these like different prices, you could sell it at a at a. A specific price that goes out to a you know a specific market, and we could own this. You can make a lot more money. Those deals didn't really happen the way they should have, and this area that where the where the posts are for trading, he ended up having um, a charter from Great Britain, which gave him a government in this area. So he had a government. He had he had he had his own army. He had police. He had a judge. He had all this in what is now Nigeria for his. And this is the Royal Niger Company, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, but basically he wasn't really living up to the rules and everything. He was being very malicious in his, all his rules. And this is right now, this is 18, this is 1879. So this is from 1879 to 1899. So, you know, so this is early in the game. Yeah. So this is early in the game and, you know, he's talking down all these places. And, and this is what I heard from the song from, from the very beginning that I started learning about. I was like, this is, you know, crazy how Nigeria was formed, but basically, you know, so um, this is Burna Boy. Burna Boy, and you know another story. You know, um, he's you know the music. You know, the music's great, but the beginning he talked about the history of Nigeria and how it's a business deal. Because you say, how is it a business deal? How it's, you know uh, Nigeria a business deal versus the country? Yeah. But he owned financially owned these areas and had a charter from Great Britain to have this area. Yeah. Uh, the deals went bad eventually. Great Britain took back their charter. He sold it to Great Britain, this piece of plot of land and all the trading posts and everything for 875,000 pounds at that time, which is about 17 to like $20 million now. But basically Great Britain now owned like Nigeria. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, so mm-hmm. they had this area and they created at that time, 1899, the, the North Protectorate and the South Protectorate to protect certain areas of trade, mm-hmm. you know? And then eventually that, Lost out too, and then Unilever, the company Unilever, mm. they purchased it from Great Britain, mm. and now Unilever still to this day in Nigeria, you know, doing business, and they're the ones who created this whole area, you know, of ownership in Nigeria. And then when and then when Nigeria um, was annexed or separated themselves in independence in 1960, mm-hmm. is when they have full independence. So. Mm. You know, that's kind of like, so So Great Britain didn't really invade and colonize like Nigeria. It's really that they purchased it from, you know, um, Goldie mm-hmm. as a royal Niger group. Mm-hmm. Um, for my s- song that's on my mind, I'm going to go Nas featuring Alicia Keys' Mastermind. Why? 
Because I feel that you're a mastermind, and the story that you told uh, reflects a guy who was a mastermind as well. And the ver- the hook goes: a mastermind sees it coming before it comes. Mm-hmm. Before he goes away, he counts his uh, his guns. Never, never, uh, uh, everything planned out perfect before. Some, some, some like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go mastermind because I I feel like from the beginning, uh, we're talking about you being in the seventh grade, right? Mm. You had everything planned out with experiences, with your mom's direction. You said, "Okay, well, I'm gonna." She kind of moved you in a direction that that would that would leave you for success later on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and so that's why. I mean, I was thinking about the right song that was applicable, mm-hmm. and then when you when you told that story, I was like, "Okay, it's gonna be that one for me." Mm-hmm. So uh, today is um, July the twenty um, eighth, two thousand and nineteen. And we have 156 days left in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you hope to attain in those 156 days? The next, the remaining 156 the remaining, days? The remaining 156 days in a year. Um, as far as business or in life, everything? Everything. Um, for that's sure. A, that's a different question than the last question I asked you. So just uh, for sure, vacation. You answer it. For sure, vacation. I feel a little bit burnt out. Okay. I want to accomplish that because I've been trying to for the last few months, I even hired a um, hiring consultant just to help me with this hiring because I feel like that was the only thing that was keeping me from full scale because I'm trying to go nationwide. Um, first, I need to go statewide, you know, okay. um, but, you know, um, me hiring that person to help a professional who knows exactly where my missteps are and everything like that, that's helped tremendously into my like hiring process and creating a better process. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's, that's better because my hiring process before wasn't anything at all. Mm-hmm. So I want to continue, you know, working on that. Um, so therefore that could give me particularly time to focus more on the business, but then also like get away from like all the fires I got to put out in the business. Cause you know, um, you could, now that you have an iPhone, or any type of smartphone where mm-hmm. you can have everything there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like 24 into 24 seven into business sometimes. And I need to now create boundaries. Um, that's why I talked about a vacation or even boundaries on a day to day basis. That's what I plan to do also because I mean, I, it's just overwhelming. It's too much. Mm-hmm. It's like so much Yeah, every yeah. day. Okay. Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned, and this is what I want to kind of delve into early. You mentioned, um, social media in this last statement that you made mm. how much how much social media do you think plays a factor into your success social media yeah. zero what does social media got to do with okay explain because uh, social media is i feel like social media is good if you're if, it's great if you're doing business in within social media okay where I, I i get zero of my customers i mean we've gotten customers off social media but I don't get my customers or clients through social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get them through like partnerships, through like contracts, through like with buildings or with companies. That's that's mainly how I grow my business. Um, but as far as like social media, social media is good because it's a constant thing because it's always it's, it's open twenty four seven. So mm-hmm. I feel like if you're gonna use social media correctly, it has to be for some some way socializing your business into what people want to see um so there is a way to include that but i have i haven't included it because i feel like i'm just trying to take a rain i'm trying to wrangle in like the places i mean the people that we have now coming in like i feel like we're a little too busy in that 
until I could calm down and like everything could like kind of like be consistent mm -hmm. is where I could say, oh, okay, let's utilize this a lot better. But I know I'm leaving a lot on the table with with social media not being used as a tool. Mm -hmm. But I feel like as a, as a tool, it's, it's if you're doing it for business. If you're doing it for personal, I don't really think it's that much of a tool. And, and the reason why I ask that um, is two things. One, uh, damn it, you know what? The notion, it was a notion that I wanted to ask you about. Let me Give me a second. Let me think about mm -hmm. what I want to ask you. Damn. It just came that quick and it was an important question. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, so okay, here it goes. What do you say to people, and because my editor, mm -hmm. um, who I, I give projects to and she kind of directs my thought, right? She said that a lot of times it's got to be a specific reason for why you're posting stuff mm -hmm. on social media. Mm -hmm. What do you say to people that say that... Um, so let's just say, prime example, if you were to put out a, an ad that you're going to be doing a promotion for, mm -hmm. you know, washing cars or whatever, mm -hmm. what do you think that draws people to uh, like the first post you put and then the week after you put the same post up? What do you think that uh, attracts people to liking your posts? Uh, As the, the reason why I say that uh -huh. is because kids now, right, in the generation we live in, believe that if your numbers aren't popping on social media, then mm -hmm. the value of what you bring in conversation is not there, right? But then you'll look at, and the reason why I call you a millionaire is because underneath the table, you're talking about making your business statewide, mm -hmm. right? You're talking about how much your business was consuming to the point where you needed help, right? Mm -hmm. and, and when you say consuming, a lot of it is that it's taking up time, but then a lot of it is that you're getting all this money up front, mm -hmm. right? So so that that way you don't say, you know what, I got to give you this money back because I don't know what to do with it, or you don't have to look bad in accepting the money from somebody and saying, okay, I can handle the job. And then later on, within the comforts of your own self, you say, well, I really can't handle the job. How do you go about explaining to to somebody, hey, you know what? Even though I have under a thousand, under five hundred followers on on Instagram, the value that I'm bringing to you is what you really need to consider. As who is who's your phone. audience when you say the value? Who, well, is, who am I trying to convince you? Well, what, what what I'm talking about is my audience. A lot of my audience is the kids that I teach. Mm -hmm. A lot of audience is is your peers. Let's just say your peers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you go about convincing, or how do you go about explaining the lack of the social media numbers now? Before you get ready to include it into your business to take you to the next level. Well, I feel like people who are observant, you know, like they're not going to be take, they're not going to take notes. They're going to take notice of what you're doing. So I feel like it doesn't really matter what the numbers show. It's really about what you're doing. So as far as like you can connect to people just as so much, you could disconnect to people on online as you do in person. Mm -hmm. So if you're not connecting in person, but yet you're connected online, maybe that's the lane you should focusing that you're connecting with people um if you're connecting them both then you should kind of have a good balance of both um some don't some businesses or some things don't translate very well through social media some things do very well you know so i feel like if you have something that social media supports then it makes sense to, to say hey look at my numbers see what i'm doing um because the success will show because if it's something that's truly social it'll spread and people, if you're doing the right things and saying the right things and getting feedback, you know, like learning, making changes, tweaks, you know, like the way that people see you and that you blow up in any method is by continuously being consistent and doing the right things over and over by like changing the small things. People sometimes make these big changes online, like as if it don't mean that people 
can't see through that in person. I see online people, people go on social media and erase everything and just say, I'm going to be a completely new person. I'm okay. going to do this. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a model. I'm a whatever it is that they want to be. So they go back and just try to rebrand. Yeah, they were trying to rebrand and trying to become something that they actually aren't. They're trying to become something that they want to be, but they aren't actually that. So they 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 try to create it. They finesse it. They say they, what's it, what they call signaling. Signaling is when you um, show something to get people's attention, but it's not real. It's like me um, showing me a, like a, a Ferrari because that gets people's attention. But it's a signal that gets people's attention, so I do it for that. To get call, people, yeah, okay, yeah. what well, they call that trolling. Yeah, no, it's not trolling. It's signaling not trolling. is is like a peacock. Peacocks have their feathers, right? Mm, yeah. And then when they want to attract the peons, you know, they show off these big, huge feathers. Mm -hmm. Now, because they have big, beautiful feathers, does not mean that they've been working hard or that they're a good father or that they're anything of real value. It just shows that they've been working on their feathers. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So all these other like uh, peacocks have been working all day on their body and on their health. And the, the ones who are really doing the work aren't noticed by the peons because the peons are distracted by these, these feathers. Okay. Signaling is that like, okay. Hey, um, you know, like look at me, look at all the things I got and, you know, showing how rich you are, but really you just aren't, mm. you are just trying to show this is what rich looks like. So then people are attracted or thirsty to you it's like when you see when you scroll down someone's trying to tell you a message of what they could sell you online and they got a ferrari in the back it's because that's a signal when you see that you say oh mm -hmm. ferrari means success so they're showing you success but really if you can't see through a signal then you're not going to find success anywhere because you could go online get 150,000 followers and something and does not show ability that whatever you're doing is good mm. it doesn't show any real value into like unless it translates into like real life. That was one of the conversations I was having with somebody on on social media. They they liked one of my pictures mm -hmm. and they said, "Hey, you know what? Um we could get you a stronger following." Mm -hmm. And I said, "How?" So we're going back and forth. This is when I was in New York. We're going back and forth. And I was like, "Okay, so what's the I didn't want to shoot to the end and say, "Okay, what's the bottom line? What are you asking me that I need to spend?" Mm -hmm. Right? And so she was like, we can guarantee you a thousand followers on Instagram. Mm. The signal would be, oh, okay, well. So then I look at her page mm. and I'm like, all right, well, you got such and such. But if you if you are telling me that you can give me this, then why haven't you, That's why aren't yourself. you, yeah, why aren't you at the level? Like, why aren't you at a hundred thousand followers so that that way you reaching out to me is more significant that way would that be the signal or yeah yeah no that, that's partial a signal but then that's a, that's what you would call a complete scam yeah you know like most people who are you know gurus or whatever online are finding the trendy thing to say i could help you with this even though they they indeed might really be able to help you yeah. but it's not going to get you to your goal yeah you know like none of that helps you get to you. us that's all fake phony stuff that yeah. like, even if you did get those followers through whatever methods that they're telling you that you need to do it's still not going to help you understand what you're doing right or wrong for your brand or for your business or for whatever mm. that you're putting out so mm. it's all basically saying okay a thousand or ten thousand followers is a signal that you're you're putting in good work online so let's just try to get you there and then someone sees you and they show you respect and oh you got ten thousand plus followers whatever no it might doubt. be no doubt. that that's that's the common mind looking at a, a signal and saying, Oh, I respect this person now because you know, they have something that took a lot of work, let's just say, you know, and 
you know, if you cared about that, then you would want that you would want more followers, you mm -hmm. know, but mm -hmm. you shouldn't care about anything except for real value added. Okay. You know what I mean? Cuz I I'm I'm saying that for anything. Like if you if you post a picture is it adding value or taking away value? I see people who post dumb stuff. Majority of stuff is like posted to not give value. It's it's just to remind others of things they don't care about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How much reading do you do? I do a lot of reading. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm reading uh, Range now um, by Eccles. You know, um, it's a book that that battles. Um, Outliers. You ever read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? No, but Malcolm Gladwell, it, he had the principle of 10,000 hours, right? That's in Outliers. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you even brought that up because on the front of, of range, he has uh, a quote from Malcolm Gladwell calling the book brilliant. Right. Okay. But the, the nod to it is that it's the actual book that opposes you know, outliers. Outliers was coming out with the whole 10,000 hours. If you do 10,000 hours in something, you're a master. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so if you spend 10,000 hours or more, you could become a master in something. Range uh, is saying that it's not about being specific in one particular thing and trying to be a master like, you know, like Tiger Woods in golf or, you know, Federer in like um, in uh, tennis. It's more about being in different things, music, um, art, um, you know, social, you know, like uh, organizations, things like that, that would lead you to being an expert or a master in the future because you're taking away the different types of uh, the same type of learning in different like mediums mm -hmm. in essence, you know, mm -hmm. so you could bring that all together Though, though that range of different type of skill levels and different things, you bring that together into like success and skill. So that's what I'm reading right now. Okay. Because uh, uh, Eve said that one time, um, I think it was on the, um, it was on, on the Green Room EP mm -hmm. about the whole aspect of Marcus Gladwell. Is it Marcus Gladwell or? Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell mm -hmm. and the 10,000 hour theory. And when I did the math, it's a little over a year mm -hmm. of dedicated. So I didn't know if that's. No, 10,000 hours of dedicated doing it right, I think is more than, I think it's almost a thousand years of doing it. I mean, I think it's a 10,000 hours of doing it right. I don't think it's 10,000 hours committed. Okay. I think it's 10,000 hours done done right. Personally, from what I think, from what that book is, it said 10,000 hours, but you know, people t have taken that, even included themselves into it as like a signal, like I put 10,000 hours into this. And you, you know, if you're not a master, it doesn't show anything. You know, you put 10,000 hours into something and didn't really get anything out of it, didn't increase your value at all. Mm -hmm. I think the way to add actual value, again, rather than if Malcolm Gladwell says it or anybody else is to say, how do you do the right things? How do you listen better in your business or in your life? And, and how do you make a proper adjustments through self-awareness? You know, um, some people just don't have it. And I think that's what people should be working on because I work on my self-awareness, but then also, you know, um, I know that I fail at that a lot. You know, like I, I have way more failures with self-awareness or failures in like a new idea than I have in anything else. What does that look like to a person like you when you say you, you fail in your and you fail in your self awareness? What does that look like? Um for you? I because I like okay, let me give you an example in my business. In okay. my business, I wanna hire a person who is who loves this company, who wants to work, you know, hard, who wants to, you know, uh excel and, you know, 
yeah, move up in the company, right? Mm-hmm. I might want that. But if I'm not doing things in my business to design that type of position for somebody, then I'm frustrated with these people who lack something, you know, that I want. And yet I get frustrated with them and I and I um I might either, you know, fire or we'll have hiring issues or whatever from from my expectation of saying, I want someone like this. But yeah, I didn't do my due diligence and creating a position for them to thrive like that, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that is a failure because if you've been if I've been doing this the wrong way over and over and over, because the thing about it, I I've I got ten thousand hours in hiring, I'm not better. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I've been hiring every almost like every few weeks um for the last 12 years you know and i feel like when you hire different people fire different people hire and fire hire and fire over and over you learn you learn new things but sometimes you don't even know where your your weaknesses are so i'm I'm thinking why can't i find anybody that's good no one exists that's good you know Mm -hmm. but really it's that i'm not the ad i put out for the job isn't specific enough doesn't it's not it's not it's not honest enough so therefore i'm i'm showing all this candy and then when they work the job and they said damn where's all the candy at you know i was like i just did that so you could get here mm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like mm. so that's where i said like those little tiny failures led me to say okay i need to find solutions i've been trying to find solutions for everything that i could see as a problem all my life but i know i'm never going to find perfection but I do know to surround myself with professionals, people who know what they're doing, so they could tell me where I'm wrong. Cause I'm not the expert here. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like if I use, you know, like lean on my ego to say I'm just the best in everything, and not lean and spend the money necessary, or not even spend the money, make the investment necessary for me to get better. Um, yeah, then that, that, that's that's how I see it. Okay, um, I got so much I want to ask you, man, but I'm looking at the camera and it's done recording the visual. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. We got stills to put in place. So the last question I'll ask you, man, uh, well, not. I got to ask you this. What do you feel that you're the expert at? Um, Expert, man, that's a hard question as far as in life. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I feel like being a leader i feel like leading and making decisions and and moving with confidence um being sure but then being open-minded i I feel like i'm expert in in those areas like i uh relationships as well i listen but then i also talk i check up to make sure that communications are still pretty much the same as how i see it Mm -hmm. you know um I try to be thoughtful. So those are the things. I mean, there's just a list I could say. Like, I feel like I take time, um, genuine time, and trying to, like, get better at that, like, listen better. Um, also, you know, like, almost like how I see it now, like, talking like a god where you don't waste your words like you used to. I, I used to, like, waste certain words or waste time and just having random chit chats but now kind of like more purposeful as far as when i speak when i listen Mm -hmm. you know like i don't i don't want to like waste a drop of what Mm -hmm. anything i have to say or anything someone has to give so Mm -hmm. i i listen intently and try to like understand without being like judgmental Mm -hmm. that's another thing i changed this year too is listening you know uh, with the open mind versus listening with oh Keep going, keep going. Instead of listening with a judgmental mind. Mm-hmm. And that changed, that little small tweak changed my 
way of what led to like other growth opportunities in my own life. Mm. Just from like, cause I used to listen to people and say that they're wrong about that. Mm. Or, you know, that's not fully true. Now I listen for people and say, what could I learn from this person? Mm. You know, almost everybody. And then another humbling question is like, what could I learn from somebody um, that I don't like, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, um, that's very humbling. Like, what could you learn from someone you hate? You mm-hmm. know, because there's people out there, everyone's doing something right. Yeah. So I feel like that's all I'm trying to pick up is just what other people are doing right. I'm trying to do my thing right. Um, I'm trying to encourage everybody to continue doing their thing. Uh, hopefully they could finally get to a point to where they feel like they're doing it right. Because some people are doing it right, but don't have the confidence to show it. Yeah. Okay, so my podcast, man, is all about bringing the creatives out. And we talk about their experiences. Um that they use to get to the point that they are. So prime example, to my point, when I say get to the point they are, I wanted to do another podcast, mm-hmm. right? So I wanted to specifically bring on people that are in the same lane, have created something, and they need to figure out their next steps in it. So when I pose this question, uh, what's next? I mean, what is next? I guess the most immediate thing to you, what is next for Waterboys? What is next for Mike of the Waterboys? Um What's next for the Water Boys is um, I'm pushing to be statewide and then nationwide, um, and what's going to be required for that is for me to, um, you know, scale better as far as with hiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've already kind of taken steps towards finding a solution towards that process. So um, this year, um, but I've been working on that for a while, just because I feel like if you're gonna move something outside of your comfort zone, you're going to have to have a lot of processes and like, um, you know, like systems in place that really support it. So, um, right now, you know, that, that, again, that's my main focus. Main goal is, is nationwide only if State, it could go statewide, then nationwide or, or just, no, nationwide. my absolute vision is, is, uh, nationwide. nationwide. Um, one of the goals is to go statewide first you know again i've already been doing that by locking in contracts in and outside of houston Mm -hmm. um so we have like we work with amazon out here too Mm -hmm. um which is why i'm you know in houston um today but you know um we work with them in dallas they also want us to work with them in um austin Mm -hmm. um in san antonio yeah but i'm like you know, bro, you know, cause scaling, yeah. you know, like anybody, like anybody who starts, starts something, you know, I, it's going to, I think it's going to take at least 10 years for anybody to get, I mean, if they, even if they did get lucky and it blew up, mm-hmm. um, first year, first day, whatever it is, I, I, I still think it's rather than almost 10,000 hours. I think it's like 10 years Yeah, for you to, to have, you have to have time to look back and say like, what is this? I agree with that statement, and the reason why I say that, and this is just to add on uh, that you say that is, um, I've been thinking, when I look at all that I brought to the new company, right, and I say, well, I learned this in the old company, Mm -hmm. and now I'm able to readily create and manufacture all of this new stuff in a new company, right? But in the old company, the reason why I was selling, every time I stepped out the house, I was selling a t-shirt to the point where it became, I'm, I'm starting to see income. But I look at it and I say, the old company, it was seven years mm-hmm. of, you know, the first couple of years was all, it was all just production of videos, right? Yada, 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 one series, yada, 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 right? And then when I start to learn how to do all the other stuff, 
I start to make money off of that. But I'm not seeing that right away here because I, I got to keep reminding myself, well, you ain't even hit a year yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, so You should be making money on the podcast day one. Okay. Yeah, right. like everything. People don't even... Some, some people, if they have the certain mindset, everything should start the way you want to finish. Okay. So you already have the hat set up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Of what you want. But podcasting, just as much as anything any how can you not monetize it you have to mm-hmm. you know some people feel like oh let me just get try it out let me get used to it let me kind of tinker around with it you could do that all you want but at some point to to, to have it you know in your life continuously it's going to have to add value so it's going to have to be monetized so the podcast already have its mon- like monetizing arms already set up mm-hmm. you know so i mean there's so many ways like you should have your ad roll already set up mm-hmm. so you know you know i have a company you know we we know plenty of business people you reach out to those people and you get them to advertise with you for you know august mm-hmm. you know and you already had that already set up you make those calls or you have someone make those calls you know to have your you know people on the calendar to be promoted or the because you have something you have a platform that you can promote so you already should already have people every week to the for the next two years because mm. your list is continuously growing of uh, people who want to place ads and promote through your platform mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. same thing with the shirts and the merch um i feel like the, the smartest way people to to do that is to um is to connect you know with your audience in a way that let's say i said uh Coo-coo! you know, some something like that right and i say it every time like Coo-coo! whatever it could be if I put that on a shirt and I, you know, provide it to my eyes and say, the cuckoo shirt is out, it gives them a reason to be excited okay. because I'm branding something that didn't exist. Okay. That's how you, you know, like trigger a mind because someone's like, whoa, something new. Because that's one thing you'll never be again is new. So while you did this podcast, you started new. Okay, cool. Now you go back here. Mm-hmm. You got to keep doing new, fresh, different things subtly that bring new people in because you need new, you know? So I feel like, you know, like uh, monetizing anything is, it's all the same. Okay. You know, like it's all whatever business you start, like anybody who tells me so, someone's like, Hey, I want to start a business. I'm like, what do you have to sell? Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't have nothing to sell. <laughs> That's the main thing. What do you have to sell? They start thinking. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's how you start a business. Like, oh, I, I have an idea. Sell that idea or maybe sell that assistance or sell that product or sell that service or whatever it is that you that you that you got. You know, like you can sell that. But people are like, I don't have a this, I don't have that. It's like, what? You don't need like I even said someone said, Do you need business cards or not? They help. That's that's an accessory to your brand, but it's not required. Mm. What you need is literally something to sell. Yeah. If you don't have anything to sell, you don't even need a voice. You know what I mean? Like, bro, like car washing is so, everyone who has a car, obviously I can't go to everyone who has a car, right? But I need to put my 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 brand or I need to put it out there in front of the right places so people can see it enough consistently and say, let me call that guy. Let me call them. Yeah. You know, I don't have to continue to find ways to sell and do clever ads and do all that. When everything calms down, maybe I could take that time. But Facebook doesn't need to have sales ads to get you to join Facebook. Yeah, they just they know that you're gonna join base because your friends are on it. Yeah, 
You know, it's like the way everything, like, I'm not going to just hop an Uber because I'm the only one doing Uber. Everyone else is on Uber, so it must be safe. Yeah. You know, they must be doing something right. So I just give them the benefit of the doubt and hop in. That's why early adopters into any type of business are the best because they're the people who are helping you figure out all the kinks. After those early adopters come into it and they're in it long enough, people who are just strangers to your business are just going to say, I want one. I, I want to do it. And that's why I say day one uh, podcast should be monetized mm. or, you know, it's like, cause it's, it's, it's even without, even without an audience, even without an audience for sure. Yeah. So if you're monetizing, how are you, how are you getting people? How are you trusting people? Cause you're to- going to get an audience. That's the thing about it. You already have what, what, what it is, what your company is, what your podcast is before you introduce it to a stranger. So when, so when I say you have to have something to sell is that if I meet a stranger and say, Hey, listen to my podcast. Right. Or, you can have it where, you know, this is the niche that you think you want to start. You're not sure, but it's just, 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 this is what's going to get you start talking, right? And eventually, one, two people are going to hear it. You're going to get feedback or you're going to whatever, you know? You keep talking over and over and over as your audience will start to build. You, you could sell what people anticipate is going to happen because you have the confidence to say, I've started it. This is where I'm going. Do you want to be a part of it? You can entice people in that way to say, hey, like, I'm reaching people in Houston for this, that. Would you like to advertise with me? You know, we focus on people who do creativity, da, da, da. And then someone could say, like, you could, you could focus on people who do candles because that's somewhat creative. And you could say, you could sell your candles through us. And then, you know, if you don't even have that, like, let's just let's say you didn't have that as an opportunity to say, okay, I um, sell your products through us. You could say, okay, let make me be... I could be your affiliate and I could use a link. So if, if I do get some, I could advertise for free. And if I get someone to purchase using my link through yours, can I, can you give me kickback on that? Or can that, can I get a sales commission on that? Now you set up a link and said, Hey y'all, blah, 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 blah. Those candles are the best candles ever. They're blowing, they're, they're doing it right now. Now your sales ability is starting to resonate through and now people are buying it. Boom, boom, boom. And now you're making money off a candle. Okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And the same thing with a shirt, you know, like shirts, whether you wear it or whether, you know, you, you sell it or whatever it is, is that people do love a good shirt. Limited edition shirts probably are the easiest to sell. So if you do a limited edition, you know, gets people a time limit to purchase. Mm-hmm. But if you just have a shirt that's just always up, you know, make sure that, you know, like everyone you talk to, you know, um, they might want it for themselves or somebody they, they might know. But I, I see all that merch stuff being online. Yeah. Cause you don't really want to handle merch like in person. You can't. You don't. You're not enough people. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to pass it out. So. Yeah. That's why when you mention like, you know, I feel like when you get to a moment where you're, um, you start making money from something is a moment you should realize, um, to delegate it. Okay. I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Why when you start making money, you're like, okay, I need to delegate this because you'll never make money. Um, like that, doing it yourself, ever, ever, you know, ever, anything, even if you got like a, a cool sales method, you got to mod- like, and you want to monetize it and create like a sales program, you have to get other people to do it. Once you, once you're selling and, you, and that sales program is starting to work, mm-hmm. you got to hire someone. I hired my friend's employee, uh, less than a week into me starting to, you know, the car wash. Mm-hmm. I didn't wait. I didn't, I didn't say, Oh, you know, like even to this day, I still find myself popping in, cleaning and helping because I'm like, who else is going to do it if I can't find anybody to like pop in? 
I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm selling consistency. I'm selling convenience. I'm not selling somebody's excuse that they couldn't make it or they got a flat tire so they could be late, but we can't be late. Mm. So, mm. you know, I show up because mm. we can't be late. You could yeah. be late. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, 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 that's a personal thing, but business wise, you can't be late. So when customers like, Oh, you popped up. It's like magic. I mean, I, you know, I chose a time and you popped up, you know, it's like, behind the scenes on that i'm going through hell just because you know people just don't care about it like how you do yeah so you just got to find the right people delegate with those people and you know like you can't lose and if you want to like if you're broke and you don't have that those people commission yeah you know like if you need a producer get a producer who's gonna eat off the merch a little bit give them five percent you know what i mean yeah Yeah. if you want because you're not gonna like I say this for anybody when it comes to branding. If you're not the best in branding, find someone who's really good in branding. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the last thing I'll give you, man, and and right at at this time, man, they really can't see us anymore because uh, camera shut off. I just didn't have mm-hmm. enough space on the on the card. But um, I give you this black SVI T-shirt. I give it to every creative that comes on as a token from my company to you, man. Appreciate you, for man. I really onto this show. Really appreciate this, bro. It's an honor. I'm glad I'm talking it. with you. I appreciate it, man. Houston, Texas, I do what I do for myself to prove I can do it for others. Peace and blessings. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body Biggie, Jigga, Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby And I'm wildin' in my wallies, and I'm valleys, no Pilates More way get you more wet, now that's these Bumanti My crystal ball, I see crystal, I crystal y'all with that I saw the sign like Ace Space, that Ace of Spade get cracked me like Cheers to the money guy, the Willie nigga Who buy them bottles, and then they spill these liquors Yo, yo, salute my dude I see you, dawg Five bottles, one dick, why I need some bros? I know I'm out of line, but love is shower time You know it rose a rain, when your cloud is nine Get off that high-ass hussy, this a private party Been on my dick too long, your breath on private party You gon' be nice and naughty, these walls on priceless arty This the upper crust, fuck us up Over and go Yes, we did it again. Sipping with no 